I and, and some other folks went out on Wave Runners for about an hour. I want, you to, I want to tell you something. He is an absolute idiot. He got us in trouble because he tried to run us over. I have never seen a man catch that much air. I'm talking about he would, he would hit these, these, these waves. And we were all on our own wave uh, jet skis. And, and he was just a maniac. How many of you appreciate Pastor Rob this week? Hasn't he been incredible? In fact, how many of you appreciated this entire team? Just incredible. I'll, I'll never forget, and, and, and Nate still has a little bit of a problem with this, but, but I'll never forget the day that I looked at my son, and, and he was about five years old, and, and I, I told him, I said, Nate, let's tie the back, uh, let's take your, your wagon. He had one of those little... Uh, red fire wagon type things and it's still in the garage and he won't play with it anymore but but I, I told him I said Nate let's tie your wagon to the back of my mountain bike Karen was in the house amen I mean listen you need to understand something about women because I spend most of my life still being grounded and, and you need to understand about me for Christmas and even birthdays and I'm in my 30s I, I still get, last Christmas I got a foosball table uh, for my birthday. I got a PlayStation 2. I mean, you just, you got to understand, I don't want to grow up. Amen. I have no desire to grow up. And, and, and because the Bible said you got to be a child to go to heaven. But if you look at the Bible in the garden, there was God the Father, the Adam, the first created son, and then there was Eve. What does that make Eve? The Holy Ghost. So Karen is the Holy Spirit in our relationship. We teach this at marriage conferences. In fact, understand, the Bible says that he put Adam to sleep to get the rib. It never says he woke him up. So that's what's wrong with us men. We're still snoozing, amen. But Karen has this way of knowing when I'm doing something bad. And she said she felt an uneasiness that day. But I said, Nay, Nay, let's, let's tie your wagon to the back of my mountain bike. True story. And uh, he said, Okay, Daddy, that sounds fine. I said, go get some stuffed animals. So he went and got some stuffed animals. And I put him in the, back, the wagon behind me. And here I am on my mountain bike. I said, now hang on, big fella. Hang on, buddy. And we took off out the driveway. And um, we're cruising down the street. And the kids in the neighborhood are thinking, I'm the coolest dad that ever lived. They're waving at Nate, go Nate, go Nate, go, run for us. And, 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 and we're just riding down the street and the kids are waving at him going, Nate's dad is so cool. And, and everybody's, it's like a parade. And Nate's sitting back there with his stuffed animals. He's waving at everybody. His stuff was fun. It was a good day. And, and, then, and, then, and then all of a sudden, um, I turned around and I circled the neighborhood and I come back through and Nate's riding. And, and, and I don't know what happened, but I just remember him saying, faster, daddy, faster. And... You just got to understand, I know police officers in every county in the nation because they like to stop and talk to me. And um, oh, we worked on that, though. That's, we're free from that. And so, so, so Nate is saying faster, and I don't know what happened. I don't know if I went faster. I can't quite remember. But, but I know that I was moving pretty good speed there. And, and next thing I know, as we're cruising down the neighborhood, all of a sudden I hear this loud scraping noise. And I look back, 
And there's my son. And stuffed animals are in the air going. <laughs> and Nate is rolling down the street. The wagon is on the wrong side where the wheels aren't. And I jump off my bike. And have you ever been so scared you jump up? And, and he rolled and he, he jumps up. Have you ever been so scared you couldn't speak? It's like... Breathe, boy, breathe. And so I, I, I ran over and I picked him up. And he's bleeding from head to toe. And, 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 and the people in the neighborhood are grabbing their kids saying, come on, get in the house. Get away from that. That's a bad, that's a bad, that's a bad man. That's a bad daddy. And, 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 and I picked Nate up and I'm, I'm, I'm running through the neighborhood with him. Bikes in the middle of the street and I'm running with him. He's bleeding. And I, I run in the house and, and Karen's sitting there and, and, and it's just a rule if you're a father and you get scared, you holler at your wife. It is a rule. There's nothing wrong with it. And, and so, so I ran. I go, well, help me or something. And we spent much of the afternoon and the evening putting band-aids on him. <laughs> then I took him that night and I bought him a movie. I bought him some toys. I bought him an ice cream. And we, we spent the next day shooting the wagon with a BB gun. It's a bad wagon. <laughs> And Nate to this day says that a car hit him. A car did not hit him. What happened was he started rocking the wagon. And this is why I tell that goofy story, which is true. It's because some of you have been chasing after God. And some of you will get home and you will think, faster, God. God, I want to go faster. And out of your own will, you'll begin to rock the boat at different areas or rock the wagon. And you'll fall off the wagon. But you need to know that just like this daddy did, he is Abba Father, Daddy Jesus. He will run and pick you up and carry you. And he will fix you. And he will take care of you. And tonight, I want to go deep with God. Are you ready? Let's give God a praise offering. Amen. <laughs> Hebrews 10.32 says this. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you stood your ground in a great contest in the face of suffering. Sometimes you were pub publicly exposed. No, stop. Look back. Because I love this first part. Remember those earlier days. I can't tell you how many times God will take me back 15, 20 years ago when I was laying on my face at youth camp crying out for Him to change me. Laying in my bedroom floor saying, God, fix me. Call me. Use me. Sometimes you got to go back to where you began to see where you're going ahead. Sometimes you got to go back to what you first were so you remember what it was good, when it was powerful, when it was fun. Are you with me? Sometimes we forget how fun it is, don't we? And it goes on to say, remember those earlier days after you received the light when you stood your ground in a great contest in the face of suffering? Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You sympathized with, the, with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had, had better and lasting possessions. This is verse that's so key for when you go home. So don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you receive what He has promised. For in just a very little while, 
he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous ones will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But I love this. Verse 39 is one of my favorite scriptures. And it says, but we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. Jump over. Second Samuel chapter 11. Uh, again, I, I need to tell you, I am preaching a message entitled, It's Time. It's time. It's time. Don't ring out. Second Samuel 11, verse 1. In the spring at the time of war, when kings go off to war. Stop right there. Listen to what it says. In the spring... At the time when all kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They, they destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. But David remained in Jerusalem. Verse 2 is the key. One evening, David got up. Everybody say, he got up. He goes on to say, he got up from his bed and he walked around. Everybody say, he walked around. On the roof of the palace. And from the roof he saw. Everybody say, he saw. It goes on to say a woman bathing and the woman was very beautiful and David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, isn't this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him and he slept with her. She had purified herself from her uncleanliness. Then she went back home. And the woman conceived and sent word to David saying, I am pregnant. So David sent his word to Joab, send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent him to David. And when Uriah came to him, David asked him how Joab was, how the soldiers were, how the war was going. I get so tired of people just not just laying out what you need to say. Postponing it, just talking, how's the war, how's everything going? And then David began to trick him. Watch, 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 watch. And David said to Uriah, go down to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah left the palace and a gift from the king was sent after him. But Uriah slept at the entrance to the palace with all his master's servants and did not go down to his house. Pray with me, would you? Pray this out loud. Say, God, it's time. I want a burden like I've never felt before. Tonight, I don't want to ring out. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Pastor Mike, would you join me up here? Pastor Jeremy, Pastor Rob, Pastor Tommy, come, come up here just a second. I'm going to ask you to do something tonight. Would you, would you put this on, please? Stand right up here. Would you grab one of these helmets and put it on and just stand by that bell? <laughs> the motley. Uh, I want to fight with them in a war, don't y'all? <laughs> and so... <laughs> <laughs> Look at Rob. <laughs> In fact, would you do something, Pastor Mike? But now, understand something. After tonight, don't ever do this again. Did you ring that bell three times? In fact, Pastor Tommy, would you, would you, because now understand, hold on. Before you ring this, don't ever ring it again after tonight. After the service is over, don't ring this bell again. But, but ring it three times for me, would you? Bob, would you hold it when they ring it? <laughs> now listen, I need you to ring this bell. But, but Jeremy, and I need you all to be serious. 
<laughs> yeah, man, I'm trying to watch a video. It means a lot to me. <laughs> so stupid. I stayed up last night till three in the morning because he was in my room just being stupid. Pastor Jeremy, would you ring? Pastor Rob, would you ring the bell three times real quick? But now, Rob, don't ever ring it again after tonight. Jeremy, would you ring the bell three times? Let's give them a hand because they're goofy. No, stay up here for the sermon. Thank you. Can't go watch TV tonight. I love that scripture. Remember the earlier days. Do you understand that everything that we do is based on time? Now know this. In heaven there is no time. My grandmother who I preached her funeral just a few weeks ago. Who was running into heaven. Shouting and dancing. But at the same time my grandfather whose funeral I preached almost a year ago. And was basically I believe stepping into heaven at the same time. I believe there is no time. There is no shadow of turning. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Time does not exist in heaven. It exists for us here, so we'll be on time. In fact, I hear the bell all the time because I take my son to school when I'm at home. We have our prayer time together as a family, and then I drive him to school. It's just a rule. But I want to be honest with you. We have a tendency to hear the bell ring every morning because we're always running late, and it drives us crazy. we got a letter sent home from the school saying your son has been late so many times he now has three absences because of the late parents please get out of bed there's <laughs> a real sweet principle and 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 so you got to understand the power of time in fact on your tombstone it will have two dates the date you began and the date that you die and in between there will be a dash and that dash will represent your life just a dash that's the span of time that you lived and again, I'm preaching a message called It's Time and God birthed this in me. You know why He birthed it in me? I'll tell you, because I'm so tired of losing my friends. I'm tired of men quitting. I'm tired of people walking out. In fact, in fact, I, I understand something. There's something about the power of a bell. In fact, in a boxing match, to start a boxing match, they ring it once. But when the boxing match ends, they ring it three times. Something about, you will never forget this bell after this service is over with. In fact, understand, do you really understand what time it is? I love what Leonard Ravenhill has written on his tombstone. Uh, he, Leonard Ravenhill was a great prophet that died about 10 years ago. And on his tombstone it says, is what you're living for worth Christ dying for? I'm talking about time. 
That's what I want to preach about tonight for just a few minutes because, because understand we're the workmanship of Christ and he has planted us here for such a time as this. Something is going on. But do you really, really understand what time it is? I believe it is time. I believe it is, it is such an incredible time and season like we have never felt before. This morning or this afternoon riding a wave runner, I, I, I rode up beside Rob and I said, over the last hour I have heard more from God in the last hour just riding that machine out in the ocean than I have heard from him all week just speaking to me about what time it is about how he is raising up the davids right now he is raising up the nobodies he is raising up the oops or the accidents the ones everybody else ever wrote off how many of you know you are the generation that shall declare his name how many of you know that when you go home from this place this week you need to know you have been handpicked by god do you believe it give him a praise and it's time What's it time for, Pat? I honestly believe it is time to see what has been hidden come to light. I believe it is time to see miracles again. I am so desperate to see the dead come back to life. I am begging God. I am begging God at our crusades and our, and our conventions to be able to walk up and have the faith to yank people out of wheelchairs. It's time. It's time to experience the unimaginable. It's time for freedom to come. It's time for a generation to be on fire. It's time to see youth ministries running to the altar, not just amusement parks. It is time. It is time. It is time to see God heal marriages. I believe the day is coming where we will not come to church and talk, or we will not, we will not go home from church and, and talk about what happened at church, but we will come to church and talk about what's been happening in our home. Uh, the power of God is, come on and praise Him tonight. I'm talking, it's time to see marriages mended. It's time to see families. It's time to see prodigals run back home. It is time for girls to be secure and for guys to become servants. It is time. It is time to see outpourings in classrooms. I can tell you that 700 students in Mississippi last year began to scream for God at the end of the school year. And for one week in a gymnasium, they were slain in the Holy Ghost. It's time. I can tell you it's time for outpouring. It's time for us to get bold again. It's time for churches that have been dead to come back to life. It's time for people to quit fighting over ignorant and dumb things and get back to just running after God, praying when you ain't supposed to pray, doing the little things. It is time. This is burning in my spirit tonight. In fact, I love what it says over in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. If, if you got your Bible, turn there really quickly. I'm going to read this. It talks about time. It says there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. This is from, this starts out from outer to inner. This goes from ladder to higher. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What does the worker gain from his toil? I have seen the, bur the very burden God has laid on men. And he has made everything beautiful in time. It's time to worship out of control. It's time to come to youth camp already ready to go after it, not have to spend three days getting through it. 
It's time to begin to speak compliments. It's time to speak life. Do you understand your tongue will open the windows of heaven and slam the gates of hell? Do you understand your tongue can also open the, the gates of hell and slam the windows of heaven? Do you understand what is it tonight? It's what? It's, it's time. I feel it. What a simple word. It's time, it's time, the time. The, the, the clock is ticking. I wake up in the morning time and I say, God, give us a few more days. If we, do, do you know, I, I figured this out one night. Do you know that if a hundred people let a hundred people to the Lord today, and those two hundred let two hundred tomorrow, and those three, and then and, and those four hundred let four hundred the next day, and then you've got eight hundred leading eight hundred the next day. If, if you did that for twenty-one days, if those hundred people, and the ones they got saved kept winning people to the Lord. Do you know that in 21 days, 87 million people would be saved? But we don't know what time it is. We don't. Maybe you don't hear the screams from hell. Do you, maybe you don't know that it's time for resurrection in Christ. It's time for us to be a living epistle. It's time to make a stand it's time i love ecclesiastes 3:11 he said he said i have made everything beautiful in time that means the older we get the better looking we get amen that's right would would you would you ring that three times for me real quick but after tonight don't ever ring it again pastor in fact now on ships if they ever sound general quarters it doesn't matter what you're doing on a ship. And see, you need to know something about this bell. This bell says U.S. Navy, and I'll explain it at the end. But on a ship, they have something called general quarters. And it doesn't matter what you're doing. When they ring it like this, when they begin to ring that bell like that, it does not matter. It means man your battle stations. It's time to fight again. It's time to go home and fix. It's time to go home and heal. And it, come on, Esther, don't you realize what time it is? It is time. Little more than an hour after Flight 93 left Newark International Airport for San Francisco, the 757 reversed course and started heading towards Washington, D.C. I need to tell you that the weekend of September 11th, the Holy Spirit spoke to me that God was about to allow our nation to be interrupted. I spoke it in front of a youth convention. My phone rang like crazy the next week from students and youth pastors. In Denver and Utah, you need to you need to know what time it is. In fact, two planes had crashed into the World Trade Center. The president sent a fighter jet to go after Flight 93 because it had already veered off course and he was going to have it shot down. Jeremy Glick was sitting there. He called his wife. He said they've taken a vote. He said there's three terrorists on plane. There may be four. One has a bomb in the back. They've loaded all of us men in the back. And he told his wife, and they said the Lord's Prayer together, and they prayed. And he talked about the power of God. And then all of a sudden, he said to her, he said, we've taken a vote. We're taking over this plane. They're not going to crash us. He had asked her, is it true? Have two planes crashed already? She said, it's true. He said, honey, we've taken a vote. We're going to take over the plane. She said, no. She said, no, Jeremy. She said, wait on the authorities. Whatever you do, wait on the authorities. And all of a sudden, he said to her, sweetheart, you don't understand. We are the authority. At the same time, there was a, there was a man by the name of Todd Beamer. Todd picked up the GTE mobile air phone. The operator passed him through to the FBI. 
She relayed messages and she would listen. She would talk to the FBI for him. They asked all the questions about the hijackers. And he said one hijacker had a bomb and, and, and he told her, we are going to jump him. We're going to, we're going to take back the plane. And, 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 and he said to the GTE mobile net operator, he said, now listen, you've got to do something for me. I, I need you. I need you to call my wife and, and tell her I love her and tell her that, 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 that I'm going to miss her and tell her that, that tell Lisa that, 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 that the baby will be fine and, but, but tell her that, that we have decided to take back the plane. And, and he said, you need to promise me you're going to call my wife. She said, I promise you, sir, I'll call your wife. And she heard him lay the phone down. She asked him not to put the phone down or hang it up so that she could hear what was going on so she could relay it to the FBI. And, and, and so the GTE mobile net operator said she heard him scream out, all right, it's time. Let's roll. Do you understand what time it is? We are the authorities. It is time to fight. The enemy has been sending terrorist attacks from demonic powers into our lives for years. And somebody needs to get bold enough and step up with a holy fire and say, you know what? You're not taking us down with you. But if you do, you're not destroying others. We are going to stand up. How many of you know God has given us the power over principalities, over authorities, to walk on serpents and scorpions? Do you understand the authority that you have in your life? Do you understand that God has handpicked you? What are you talking about, Pat? I'm preaching about it's time. It's time to be depopulators of hell and populators of heaven. It's time to see the miracles that we've never saw before. Hosea 10:12 says, For it is time to seek the Lord. Pastor Rob, ring it, but don't ever ring it again after tonight. Three times. It's time. First Peter 4, 7. So it says, For it is time for judgment to begin in the very house of God. Listen, I have such a fear. I have such a fear that I am missing God at times. I will lay in my, my, my prayer clause and I'll say, God, don't, don't let my destiny pass me by because I honestly believe that when we get to heaven, because it says your works will be shown. That word works means integrity. I believe he will show a, a screen of what we did for him. And, and he'll be excited. But he says, but now let me show you what you could have done. And he'll show a video of what we should have done. It's time. It's time for you to leave camp and actually live it. It's time for you to go home and tell your parents you love them. It's time to write love notes to them. It's time to actually clean up your room and, 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 and go home and be a servant again. I'm just saying it's time. I feel this. That when you walk out of this camp, you've got to understand what time it is. Are you awake tonight? See, I, I, I wish I could preach. Because Hebrews chapter 5 says, by now you ought to be. It says you ought to be eating meat, but you're still drinking milk. But it says you ought to be a teacher, but you're still a student. Meat is what you get in your prayer closet. Milk is what you get at church. What do you mean? Milk is something that's already been digested by somebody. The milk makes the meat go down. Got milk? But see, we're, we, we never grow. We never get any stronger. You ought to be teaching right now, but you're, you're still a student. And, and, and I wish tonight I could preach about the great of God. I, I can tell you about Evan Roberts and the Welsh Revival, but, but, but I've got to tell you that some of them didn't realize what time it is because Hebrews 5 says, though, by this time. I'd love to preach about John Alexander Dowie, who was known as the healing prophet. That for, He would stand on the corner uh, of the streets of Chicago in a trance for days, praying in the Spirit. He started revival meetings. 
people would come by the thousands and get healed. At one point in the city of Chicago, there was not a single person in the hospital. He got arrested for passing out medicine or without a license, and he never gave away a pill. In fact, it got so powerful that the very ones that used to arrest him began to guard him. But I'd love to preach about the, the powerful man of God named John Alexander Dowie, but I can't because, because, uh, because he died a drunk in a storage closet. I'd love to preach about Amy Simple McPherson, a woman who made a statement in, 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 in her early years, a woman who had such a powerful ministry, a woman that wrote over 1,600 operas, a woman that had over, over, over 1,500 students in her Bible college, who ran 20,000 in the 1920s in, in her college in, in, in Hollywood. Actors came from everywhere, got saved. I'd love to preach about Amy Simple McPherson who started the Four Square Movement, a woman who made a statement that said she had a vision of the last days. She said, I saw the righteous and the unrighteous worshiping together and you could not tell the difference. I'd love to preach about her. But though by this time, and she didn't realize what time it was, she, she died of a drug overdose after staging her own kidnapping. I'd love to preach about Evan Roberts, who with 17 other students on a Wednesday night after begging his pastor for months to preach, his pastor said, all right, you can preach, but it's after I get done and after I dismiss the service. And if anybody wants to stay and listen to you, fine. 17 students stayed, including Evan Roberts, and they began to scream, I love you, Jesus. Thus started the Welsh revival, a 10-year revival, the greatest revival ever to hit the world. Understand, I would love to preach about Evan, but, but the, the Welsh revival lasted 10 years, he only lasted three burnouts. Even began to write books condemning the move of God. I, I, I'd love to preach about the man that every Sunday morning when I was growing up, I would hear playing the piano, singing, and then preaching. A man whose college I almost went to. The Holy Spirit told me not to. I'd love to preach about Jimmy Swaggart. And he's still a great man, I'm sure. But he's not what he could have been. See, there's all these people I would love to talk about, but they made decisions that stopped their destiny. That helped. I'd love to preach about the man that was my mentor, that was my hero in college. I found his son at a youth convention in Wisconsin. Thousands of kids there. He, I hunted down his son. He's 16 years old, brain fried on drugs because his dad walked away from everything. I'd love, I'd love to preach about my, that guy that was my inspiration years ago. I, I'd love to preach about one of my board members that just built one of the most incredible buildings and churches. But, but I can't preach about him because he's not there anymore because he quit. All for the lust of the flesh. See, there's, there's, so, there's so much I'd love to tell you. I, I believe it's time. I, I'd love to tell you. I've even got it wrote in my notes, Rob, about your sister-in-law being healed of being healed of, 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 of anorexia. When they gave us a call, we've been praying. I, I, it's time. But see, most of you don't know what time it is. You haven't figured out what time it is. First Peter 4, 17, for it is time for judgment to begin with the very house of God. And it begins with us. It's time. We always wonder about God's timing, but I wonder if God... Ask us, do we know what time it is? I believe there's alarms going off in heaven. I believe he's saying, will you wake up and realize? Romans 13 says, wake up. Revelation 3 says, wake up. Psalm 31, 
Psalms 31 verse 15 says, my times are in your hands. Deliver me from my enemies. But see, it's time to go from extinction to distinction. It's time. Do you understand who you are? You are the people of promise. When you leave this camp, it's going to get powerful. So hold on. When you leave this camp, you must realize something. There's 32,000 promises in that book. 365 uh, fear nots. One for every single day. But you don't know what time it is. Do you understand that John 16 says, in this world you will have tribulation. Do you understand that when you joined up being a Christian, it's going to be tough. I'll never forget the man that called me late one night. A dear friend, pastors in Alaska. I preach all the time up there and, and he called me late one night and we found out about a, a friend that we love who just gave everything up, blew it, threw his family away and, and, and he called me and he said, Pat, I love you and I want you to know that the, the, the people in our church love you and, and the students. He said, especially our junior high guys, they love you. They're your, you're, you're their hero. And I go, well, well thank you. That, that's that's nice of you to say. And he said, no, you don't understand. If you blow it, it'll destroy them. Don't you dare blow it. Here I am. One o'clock in the morning at my house. I almost got angry. I said, what are you talking about? The Holy Spirit said, tell him to call you every month and say that to you. It's time to realize that people are watching you. It's time to hear the screams of the hell from hell of the ones that we've missed. Ephesians 4 says we are prisoners of the gospel. And, and if that's the case, then if we're a prisoner of the gospel, if you step out of this thing called the gospel that holds you, and, 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 and again, if you study the word of God, everybody that tries to leave the calling of God usually tried to fall on a sword or have somebody hang them or, or something else. So you need to understand if you step out of being a prisoner of the gospel, you'll step into the dungeon of the world. Do you understand what time it is? I'm being real straight with you tonight because I don't want to see you blow it three months from now. For three hours after you leave the camp. Hey, would you ring this? Now listen to me. Come. Don't you, because you feel like it. Don't you ever ring this again after tonight. Need you, man. Ring that bell three times, would you? Do you, do you realize how important you are to what God wants to be done? Do you realize what time it is? If you close your eyes, you ought to be able to see your armor. You ought to find out if there's problems. That Acts 1-7 said, it is not for you to know the times of the days the Father has set by his own authority. You have no idea what he's about to do. Some of you, he is going to explode you into a quantum leap. You're going to see things happen in the last days in a multiplication anointing. What used to take 40 years now takes four years. What used to take four years now takes four months. What used to take four months will happen in four days. What used to take four days will now happen in four hours. That's how big our God is. You can see things like you've never imagined, but God says you have no idea and understand. My generation was addicted to church, but this generation is called to be addicted to his presence. Do you believe that? Give God a praise offering. Psalms 102.13 says he will show compassion on Zion for it is time to show favor to her. The appointed time has come. Joel 2.28, in the last days, it's all about time. Everything is time. He said, I will pour my spirit. Pour, pour my spirit out on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. And upon my handmaiden, my glory will rest. Do you know what time it is? Do you realize how close we are to the rapture? Hosea 6, 1. Listen to this. This is powerful. Because a day is a thousand years under the Lord. According to what Peter wrote. So Hosea 6.1 says, Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but will bind up our wounds. After two days, he will revive us. And on the third day, 
We are the third day Christians. It's been three days according to the Bible. And on the third day it says, He will restore us that we may live in His presence. Do you know what time it is? I think of a little boy that walked up to me in outreach, a beautiful African-American boy, about three years old. He looked at me and said, Today you be my daddy. I love what Billy Graham said. He said, Never have so many done so little. You don't know what time it is. We are literally in a war in our nation. A man that's a friend of mine that, that, is, that is in special forces told me recently, standing in my living room, he's being sent over to Afghanistan. We live in a city where it's Fort Bragg, North Carolina, or, or Fayetteville. And, 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 and there's hundreds, or probably 100,000 soldiers at least that live in that city. And they all keep getting shipped out to Afghanistan. But my, this, this man stood in my living room, a Green Beret, a man of God. He leads the prayer team at, at the church we attend when we're at home. And, and he said, Pat, he said, we all know something. He said, I pray with a general every morning, and we all know that we probably will not win this war. I said, what? He said, no, you don't understand, Pat. It's not about dictators and land anymore. It's about God against God. He said, and we are racing against the rapture, and all of us that are in my prayer team, he said, we're all in the special forces, and we pray every time we go out, God, go ahead and take us on home so we can quit fighting this battle. Are you with me? It is time. There will be a knocking in just a little while, in just a little while. It says, go back. Remember the first day for just a little while. His return shall come. Do you understand if the cost is too great, the call is not enough? A great missionary once made a statement. He, he, he said... You would be a fool not to give up what you could not keep in order to gain what you could never lose. See, I hear the screams. I think of the boy in Las Vegas in that casino that looked at me and said, I don't want your God. I think of the people that I've talked to over and over and said, get away from me. We don't need your God. Because, and you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. George Barna, who's a statistician, made a statement. He said, 99% of all Christians will have never witnessed to not one person before they die. Would you, Jimmy, ring that bell, but listen to me. Don't ring it again after tonight. Do, do you know what time it is? Because some of you are about to miss an appointment. William Brennan said, never declare peace at a time of war. But we're just happy-go-lucky, just riding along, just doing our own thing. And, and, and Revelation 19:19 says, the rider of the horse and his army. We're going to be in an army. Second Chronicles 20:15. the battle belongs to the Lord. And literally, God's saying, will you just show up? I'll, I'll never forget. I, I, I had this desire to fly airplanes. And I wanted to go into the Air Force, and, and I signed up for the delayed entrance program in high school. They told me I had scored high enough that I could go to an academy and and that, that I, I could, could choose any job I wanted. And my father remem reminded me of this. It's a story, that, it's a thing that I, I, I had forgotten about, and it's so powerful. But, but all my life, after my dad got saved, all my life he said, you're called to preach. He used to tell me that all the time. And, and remember what I told you, the best way to know if you're called to preach is you wake up thinking about it, and you go to bed thinking about it, and everything that happens to you, you realize would be a great illustration for a sermon. And that happened to me my whole life. I would, I would have dreams of preaching the gospel. But I, I remember I was running, man. I was running, I was running, I had running. I would seen so much junk in the little churches that he pastored. And I'll never forget, I signed up for the delayed entrance program and passed all the tests and 
They sent me to Montgomery, Alabama to take the, to the MEP Center to take the physical and went through that. But as I was walking out the door, my dad said something to me. He said, son, junior in high school, son, whatever you do, don't swear in. Don't raise your right hand. Because when you do that, it's over. You cannot get out. I said, all right, Dad. I remember signing the papers in front of the recruiter, sitting in my, at our kitchen table, and my dad's weeping because he knows the call of God is in my life. Tears. He's a, he was embarrassing me. Tears were falling on that application. He was shaking his head as he signed each one because I was on a And I'll never forget, because I went to the med center. I took my physical and passed everything. The flying colors. It was the end of the day. And somebody in charge, staff sergeant, looked at me and he said, Son, there's one last thing you got to do. We are now requiring all that entered the late entrance program to go and raise your right hand and swear in. He was lying I said, sir, I, he said, no, you go sit down in that room. We'll call for you in a minute. You're going to swear in today. I said, well, be quiet, son. I'm sitting in that room. It's a true story. All of a sudden, right beside me, the pay telephone rings. And I um, looked around the room, and it's like nobody else could hear it. And I'm looking at that telephone, and it just rang and rang and rang and so I reached over and I picked it up and I said hello and all of a sudden I heard son don't raise your hand I said dad how'd you get this number he said I was praying this morning and God gave it to me I said son leave and it was only a couple of months later that I accepted the call of God and I was able to get out Listen, you don't know. And, and now I'm in the joint air force, so it doesn't matter. But, 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 listen, ring that. Because I know you real well. You're my friend. And I have known you when you sat in my living room and you wanted to quit. So after tonight, don't ever ring it again. But ring that three times. In fact, you must understand something about David. He forgot what time it was. In fact, his military victories only have a few, few verses, but his failures are written out in great detail. Because people don't remember the victories. This is what I came to tell you. I've got to warn you about some things really quick. You listen, I'm going to give you four points and I'm done. And it's real four simple points. But, but I don't want to lose you. It's why I look at my little boy every day and say, Son, how's your thought life? And he looks at me and says, Dad, how's yours? It's about being accountable. It's about, it's about putting money in the bank and being able to make, make withdrawal because of relationship out of that account. It's about holding people accountable. It's about saying you need to be careful. That's why when my son saw some trash on the wall in Barnes & Noble in a bathroom, and I knew he saw it, and on the way home, I looked. I asked him, I said, Nate, because we, we were working on some adoption papers at Barnes and Nobles and just drinking coffee, and I knew he had saw some stuff in that bathroom on the wall, some filthy writing. And I asked him, I said, Nate, did you see that stuff? Yeah, Dad, I did. Dad, why would people write that kind of junk, Dad? And, 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 I, and I said to him, I said, Son, I love your pure heart. In fact, I hope someday 
the 30-year-old man you will become. I hope the 10-year-old boy you are today likes that 30-year-old man. It's time. It's time to get pure. It's time to be real. It's time to clean the house. It's time. It's time and time. In fact, everywhere he went, he won victories. I love Galatians 5, 7. It says, you were, no, you, you're still with me. Raise your hand like this. Stay with me just a minute longer. In fact, in fact, in fact, Tommy, after tonight, don't ring it again. Ring that three times for me because I don't want them to ever forget the power of the bell. But understand, I love Galatians 5, 7. It says, you were running a good race, but somebody cut in on you. I read it to you, Hebrews 10, 32. Remember the earlier days when you first got rocked by God. And in 2 Samuel 11, 1, it says in the spring at the time of war, when all kings go off to war, David stayed home. He sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army, and they destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, and David remained in Jerusalem. And here's what you've got to understand. Here's verse 2 of the greatest king that ever lived, the man besides Jesus Christ, the one that would be the very uh, one that would allow the seed flow out of his life, a nobody that God sent for, a nobody that was should not even be on the scene. But watch, because if you'll understand anything, for years, everything he did, he won victories. And I looked at one of my own staff members a couple days ago and I said, you've won for so long you've forgotten how to lose. Because he made a mistake. Watch, 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 watch. And in verse 2 it says, one night, you know what First Peter 5, 8 says, be sober, be diligent for the devil, your adversary seeks to pounce on you like a lion. But know this, brothers and sisters all over the world are going through what you're going through. Do you understand, contrary to, to Tarzan movies, if you ever go to the jungle, lions do not hunt during the day. Someone has to stay awake if you're on a safari and keep a fire lit because you must understand lions hunt at night. The enemy always pounces on you at night. Do you realize that I don't face a lot of temptation in the morning time? It's at night. So watch. In the spring, at the time everybody else went off to fight, it says, David got up from his bed and he walked around on the roof of the palace. And from the roof he saw a beautiful woman bathing. Her name was Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Who is Uriah the Hittite? Literally, if you study him, Uriah belonged to the corps of officers of Giborans or the corps of heroes. He was a hero. In fact, if you look at First Chronicles 11:41, Uriah, this was David's best friend. He was one of his mighty men. In fact, in order for David to have been able to see his wife, you must understand this, he had to have been able to see on that roof and understand no one was allowed to put their house close to the king's palace unless they were of the inner circle of the best friends. So David literally killed his best friend because when you get into something, you get into garbage, you will take everybody out with you no matter how much they love you, even though Uriah had wept with him, had fought for him, had been there with him when he was a nobody. Are you awake tonight? Now watch because I'm going to show you something so powerful here because you've got to catch this thing. When is the last time you laid in bed and wept for people? So busy having a good time as Christians, people are going to hell around us and we don't even think about it. If you get casual, you're going to become a casualty with you. Don't you ring it three times. Listen to me. You're my brother. Don't you ring this again after tonight. And here's what he did. David killed his friend. In fact, the Bible says that 
He got his wife pregnant. He brought his friend home and he told his friend, he said, now, now, now buddy, come on home from war and go sleep with your wife. He was trying to cover up the fact that he had gotten the man's wife pregnant. But you know what? Uriah was such a man of valor and a man of heroes. He was of the company of the heroes, if you study his names. In fact, Uriah refused to go home that night. Instead, he slept at the door of the palace. And then all of a sudden, David went to him the next day and said, why didn't you go sleep with your wife? He said, sir, I cannot go sleep with my wife. My men are out on the front lines dying. I cannot sleep in a comfortable bed. I cannot go have relations with my wife. It wouldn't be fair. The next night, David brought him in. Got him drunk but even still he said now go home and sleep with your wife but still he went and slept at the gates and refused to go home because he said my men are going through it out there so David sent him to the front lines where he was the first one killed in battle and what happens when you refuse to fight when you refuse to realize what time it is you set yourself up for temptation four things right here and I'm done this is such a simple word tonight, but i got to tell you, because some of you are going to lose men. I don't want to lose you. Fought too hard. Your leaders have fought. They love you too. Here it goes, here it goes, here it goes. In fact, number one, the Bible says he got up. Listen, it was okay for David to stay home. He had fought 12 chapters worth of wars. Ran from a madman. Lived in garbage dumps and caves. But the Bible says he got up. You've got to catch this. We have something in our office called the halt sign. If you're hurting, angry, lonely, or tired, get away from people because hurting people hurt people. And the Bible says, David, got up. Most of you are going to go home exhausted tomorrow and you are that close to making a mistake when you're tired. I asked my friend that threw everything away. I said, what happened to you? He said, for two years I built this magnificent building and I'm exhausted and I blew it. Leaders, I'm talking to you. The Bible says he got up. Some of you got to learn how to rest. Psalms 91 says, I will rest in the shadow of the mighty. Psalms 46 verse 1, he is our refuge and our strength. Romans 12, 2, he will renew that you're very mind. Matthew 11, 28, come to me all who are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Do you understand that when Jesus got tired, he slipped away from everybody and they could not find him until he was ready for them to be found. Listen to me, most of us just slip away. What do you mean? When you are tired, this is the generation that has not been taught how to rest. You've got to realize that when you're weary and you're exhausted, and you're tired hide from everybody run from everybody don't do anything stupid listen listen hold on hold on the second thing he did here's the second thing he did it says he got up and he walked around listen to me if you decide to not get in this battle don't you dare walk around my bible doesn't ever say to walk around it says to stay in I'll never forget last year in New York City. I was exhausted and I was tired. And, and I, I, I uh, had just preached seven or eight or nine camps. And, and, and my interns were meeting me in the lobby. And I was on the 18th floor of this beautiful, majestic hotel. And, 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 and I think I told you about this, Rob. But, but I, I, I came out of my room and I got in the elevator and I was exhausted. I had just tried to take a little bit of a nap. And, and I was there and I was going to meet the pastor for supper and my team was going with me. And I get on the elevator and all of a sudden two women get on the elevator with me and they begin to talk to me and they begin to invite me up to their room to, quote, party. And, and, and I'm, I'm riding down the elevator in these 18 floors and, and I'm sitting there and I'm in, I'm in the back and, and I, feel like a scare, I felt like a scared child because they were saying stuff to me, talking trash to me. And when that door opened, when we hit that lobby, I ran out and I ran past them. Listen, Give me a generation like Joe. 
Joseph that will lose their coat, will give up their varsity jacket, but not lose their virginity. And I ran out, and I ran, and I slid on my knees in the middle of that lobby, and there my staff was, and I said, lay hands on me, break this thing. Some of you have been walking to the wrong places. You've got to learn to hold your ground. You can't, you can't handle it, and he, but he'll handle it for you. Matthew 24, 12, because of the increased wickedness of, of the love of most will grow cold, but he who stands firm to the end will simply be saved. He got up, and he walked around. Jews believe that that's why they're always standing at the welling wall that at a time of war that they never get on their knees because they want to be closer to hearing the orders from him. Paul said, when I've done everything that I could do, I just stand. Would you, would you, would you ring it three times? Would listen to me. Don't you ring it again. We've already lost too many friends. Listen. And the third thing is he got up, he walked around, and he saw. Do you know that God didn't call you to, to, to simply? There's a difference if you study it in seeing something and focusing on one thing. To see something or to be a watchman. See, it literally it says he got up and he saw. That means he focused on one direct thing. He put his eyes on one thing. Ezekiel 33 says we are watchmen. The word watch means to, to look throughout the parameter, to look at everything, to see from every direction. But you must understand, the minute you are tired, you are exhausted. You get up when you should be resting. You should be laying down and enjoying the presence of God, crying out to him, learning to worship, get on your face, learning the power of prayer. Some of you don't even know how to pray, but you have no idea about the power of prayer. You have no idea that when you begin to work, you work for yourself. But when you begin to pray, God begins to work for you. You have to understand Philippians 4, 6 says, don't be anxious for nothing, but pray and present your request before God. Hebrews 4, 16 approaches his throne with confidence. Something about the power of prayer. So he got up. He walked around when he should have just stood there. And he saw. The Bible says that Matthew 26, he says, watch and pray. 1 Timothy 4, 16, watch your life and doctrine slowly. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we live by faith, not by sight. Some of you have been looking at garbage. Listen, they pluck Samson's eye out, and the fourth thing, and I'm done. He simply refused to fight. So he got up. He walked around. He saw. He should not. Listen, when I'm tired tomorrow morning, I will have slept maybe two to three hours at the most. On that airport, I have a rule. It's called bouncing eyes. And when I'm walking through that airport, students, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, warriors, that when I'm walking through that airport, if I don't have one of my staff members with me and, and I'm by myself, I keep my eyes down. I don't look at anybody. If my eyes falls on anything, it bounces off because I refuse to give away the inheritance to my child. I am not just preaching to you tonight. I am preaching to your grandchildren. I and preaching to your destiny. No more falling down. It is time to get up and make a stand and shout to God. First Corinthians 2 9. No eye has seen, no ear is heard, no mind can conceive what God's got for you. Now watch, 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 watch. And here's what David should have done. He should have fought. David's problem didn't begin when he walked out on the roof that night. It didn't begin when he inquired about the woman. His problem didn't begin when he sent for her or got her pregnant. Or had his friend killed. It started when he forgot it was time to fight. Will you pray even when the lions are waiting on you? 
1 Timothy 1.18, fight the good fight of faith. 2 Timothy 4.7, I have fought the good fight for the crown of righteousness. The Bible says take every thought captive. You know what I do sometimes? Call me goofy. Call me weird. Sometimes when I'm weary and the enemy's attacking me, you know what I do? I do what the military does because I refuse to be able to come up P-O-W-M-I-A, powerless, offended warrior, missing in action. You know what I do? If you are captured in the military, you say your name, rank, and serial number. So I just sometimes, I just walk through hotel rooms and I'll go past Shad's line. That's my name. My rank is born again. My serial number is spirit-filled. So I just walk through, go past Shad's line. Born again, spirit-filled. Devil, shut up. You ain't taking me. You cannot take me. You cannot beat me down. I am covered. Listen, listen, listen. Don't ring out. you find anything out about David, it didn't end right there. He lost everything. And I have learned, why did you preach this tonight? Because some of you will be invited to do things later. Some of you will quit. Some of you will make mistakes. Listen, I know what it's like to lose my pastor's daughter. I know what it's like to stand over dead bodies. The Marines or the Navy SEALs. Would you, would you, would, would you ring this three times to see? Don't do it again after the night. I'm reminded of Tabitha Fane who ran up to me in Montana and showed me a bullet hole in her leg. A little girl, teenager. She said it was, I got this bullet hole laying in my in, in my lunchroom after Kip Kinkle shot up our lunchroom in Oregon. And I've had, I've been a foster child and I've, now I've got moved here, but I lost my best friend in that lunchroom that day when Kip Kinkle shot 19 students. And she said, but Pat, she said, Pat laying in the pool of blood. That's when I said, I'm going to be a Christian. I'm reminded of a girl that was laying in, underneath a desk at Columbine that came up to me. And she said, Pat, I watched my friends get their heads blown off. She said, but I laid there and prayed in the Spirit and declared that I would serve God all the days of my life. And she speaks all over America. I am talking about, do you know what time it is? Do you know that there's a bullseye on your back? The enemy hates your guts. He cannot stand you. Here's what you've got to... And every day... They line up. They start out with a crew of 270 men. And every single day, they go at the end of the day exhausted, weary, tired, beaten down. And they go, and there is a bell hanging over them. And this is an actual Navy SEALs bell. And a young man in our ministry that was literally rescued off the roof of a youth pastor before he committed suicide was a part of our team. And I said, Matt, you got to go find this. This is the largest military base in the world. You can find one of these Navy SEAL bells. He went to every Army Navy store. He went everywhere. And he was driving past this precious guy whose mind was blown by drugs. Now God's using him so powerfully. He said, Pastor, I was, I was, I was driving past the store. And God said, pull in there, Matt. I've got... And there inside on a shelf of TJ Maxx was an actual Navy SEAL bell. But every day these men come in and they are dead. They're dragging. They're carrying each other and they're ready to die. And every day they line up and the drill instructor stands there. And every single day as they're standing there, they, they're standing there shaking and freezing to death. He comes and gets in their faces and he says, why don't you quit? 
Your wife's having an affair on you at home right now. Your country don't need you. You're a loser. Revelation talks about the accuser of the brethren. Comes day and night. And that drill instructor will get in their faces and he will scream at them and tell them they're nobodies and tell them they're losers. And inevitably, there's always one or two or more that'll quit. And this is the way you quit. You walk back to the bell and you reach up to it. And the whole time, their friends are screaming, Don't do it! Don't, man, don't. We need you! But the broken down person will walk over and he'll, he'll bring it once. And, and, and the friends will say, Stop! And the rule is, if you ring it three times, you're done. He'll ring it a second time. And he'll say, come on, man. Come back to us. Don't you quit. And finally, he'll, 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 he'll ring it a third time. And in formation, no matter how tired they are, they will all immediately turn their back on him. He will take his helmet off if you, and he'll lay it down. He's not allowed to say a word to them because he let them down. And he goes and gets on the bus and goes home. He doesn't even get to grab his own gear. It's over. And usually a class goes from 270 and they usually graduate between 60 and 70. And tonight, bring that down here, Pete. David rung out. I've had friends that have rung out. God's got such a plan for you before you go home. But all you got to do is just that's how you quit. Uh, the Bible says so clearly in Galatians 6, 9, let us not grow weary in well-doing for in proper time you will reap a harvest if we, if we don't give up. But, but, First Corinthians 1, 8, he will keep you strong in the end and so that you will stand blameless before Jesus Christ. But, 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 so many people are quitting. Stand to your feet right now. Stand up, stand up right now. Get ready because here comes the presence of God. Very simple message tonight. It's just called, it's time. And, 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 and here's, here's what, here's what it is. You see, I, I, I know some of the wars you've faced. I know some that you have faced. Well, I'm going to tell you something tonight, Rob. I'm your friend. And see, see, when they don't want to quit, they scream, No, sir, I will not quit! But when they can't take it anymore, they just go up and they... And see, I know what you've been through. Because we fought wars for your church. Won't you quit tonight? No, sir. I will not quit. No, no, no. Come on. Listen, listen. If you'll quit, we'll leave you alone. They'll find somebody to pastor that church. Why don't you just quit? No, sir. I will Wait a minute, not Tommy. Quit. Tommy, listen. Come here, Tommy. Tommy. I will, I will walk down there with you. Because, see, the average youth pastor only stays nine months anyway. Let's quit together. Come on, Tommy. 
Because you're like me. You battle. Oh, and, and it comes against you. I promise you, if you'll just ring out, we'll leave you alone. Rob, come and quit. Quit, Rob. Come on, if you'll quit, I'll walk beside you. And nobody else will put any more pressure on you to leave you alone. Just go quit, Rob. Come on, Jeremy. Come on, the enemy tells you all the time you're a terrible youth pastor. Tells you all the time you're not called. Let's quit together. I mean, I'm serious. I will ring the bell beside you. You want to quit? Why don't you go ring out? Come on. Come on. Come on now. Because I know how the enemy attacks us. Why don't you go quit? You want to quit? Oh, I'm telling you. Listen. Listen to me. These are my friends. But I will stand beside you. And we'll let you slip out. Because they're falling right and left. Every 19 minutes across the nation. Come on. I'll walk. Come on. I'll walk. Come on. I'm telling you. All you got to do is just ring it. If you'll ring this bell three times. Because that is the, that is the sign of quitting. That, that's the, 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 if the fight's over, you can quit. Your dad will give you a job. God, listen, I know there's people, there's students in here, they're going to quit. So I want to go ahead and make it easy right now. Let's, come on, Dustin. Man, I've seen you. Come on. Walk with me. Quit. Dustin, look, for real. All you got to do is ring this three times and, and the burden will leave you. God will not bother you anymore if you'll just come ring this. If you'll just quit. Somebody's got to quit. Come on, if you'll quit, I'll, come on. Come on, come on, quit. No, sir, I will not quit. Come on, Pastor. But Pastor, they, they don't recognize the mantle. They don't, let's just forget them. Come on, come on, Jason. Me and you. We'll walk together. I'll, I'll go with you. Come on. Come on. You, you really think you're making a difference, don't you? Come on, I'll quit with you. Come on, look, look. Here's what you got to do. All you got to do is walk up here and ring this bell three times. That's it. We'll leave you alone. You can walk away. And, and, and they'll find somebody to replace you. Come on. Somebody, somebody's. Clay. Clay, walk up here with me. Let's quit together. Come on, Clay. Clay, you don't even feel worthy to be in the ministry most of the time. Why don't we just, come on, I'll walk with you together. And the students will leave you alone and the burden will be gone. And you can just quit. Why don't you quit? Hey, J- hey, Jr. Jr. Come on, come on, Jr. The enemy tells you all the time. I'll walk with you, bro. Let's go ring it three times, and and it's over. Somebody in here's got to want to quit because see, you're going to go home and you're going to quit most of you because you don't know. Come on, come on. I- I'll quit with you. Come on, we're preachers, kids. We can we we quit plenty of times. Let's quit together. Dave, you want to quit? Come on. You've waited on it to grow, and you've waited on it to explode, but every time it starts, the enemy attacks. Kids quit on you, and, and, and you raise your Come quit with me. Come on, let's go quit together. Come on. Yeah, the enemy's going to tell you, you can't make a difference. Just go quit. Let's go. Together we can quit. 
I'll let you ring that bell and go out the side door and everybody will leave you alone. Come on, our friends have done it. You want to quit? Come on, I'll walk beside you. You want to quit? Come on. Somebody say, I don't understand this. All you've got to do if you, I promise you, we'll let you go to your room tonight and get some sleep and you can ride home with your, your youth ministry and, and they'll leave you alone. They'll, they'll just, that's all you, just three times it means I quit. Come on. Just quit. You want to quit? You want to quit? There's got to be somebody in here because you're going to, you're probably going to do it when you get home anyway. So come on. Come on. Excuse me. Come on. Come on. We'll go together. What? Come on. We can quit together. You want to quit? Come on. I, I, I promise you. I will let you go out that side door. Because I can't tell you how many times I resigned on Thursday mornings. Why don't you come quit with me? Because, see, I know it's like to lay in bed even after preaching a hundred kids but feeling like a failure. Why don't you come quit with me? Together we. Somebody's got to quit in here. I know it. I know there's somebody going to quit in here. Listen, Tommy, quit, man. It's too big for you. Come on, right? We'll go together. There's got to be somebody who wants to you wanna quit. Come on, I'll walk with you. You want to quit? Come on, because you know you got rocked this week, but you're going to lose it in a few days anyway. So, come on, let's go quit together. You want to quit? Come on, Carl. Carl and Julie, you can quit together. Man, you've got charisma. You, you can make money outside of this. You chose to, 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 to be the low man on the totem pole, making hardly no money as a youth pastor. And, and, and Come on, Carl, I'll go with you. You watched me quit one time. Let's go quit together, Carl. You want to quit? You want to quit? Come on, David, quit. You want to come quit? Come on, because you know it's just too hard sometimes. You want to quit? Is there anybody in here that wants to quit? What? I can't hear you. What? I, I just cannot hear you. What did you say? Because... Be- Come on, I mean, come on, somebody's got to quit. You want to quit? Come on, let's go together. You want to quit? Bow your heads. Because tonight in the Spirit, begin to raise your hands across this place. And I am asking God to give you a burden like you've never felt before. Because we played church like we played house for years. And it's time to get a hold of this thing. He got up. He walked around. He saw. And he scored for the enemy. Quit fighting. Raise your hands in the air. Say, Jesus. If I'm crucified with you, 
they're going to bear one another's burdens. If Christ in us, the hope of glory. Let me feel what you felt for me on the cross. You gotta learn to rest. You gotta learn to stand your ground, not walk. Because your feet will lead you in the wrong places. But he'll direct your paths. You gotta quit looking at one thing and one individual and one mistake or one one instance and and learn how to be a watchman. See the whole perimeter, not just focus on one thing. And then you'll see the good and the bad. And you'll see the miracles and you'll see the tough things. But at least you won't get caught up because whatever you focus on, you become. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Some of you need to go home and break off relationships because you focused on it and it's going to get you. Now with your hands raised, pray this second part. Jesus, it's time. I don't want to ring out. I don't want to apologize to my grandchildren. Jesus, let my burden crush me. Let me feel what all my friends, all my family, if I'm crucified with you, if I fellowship in your sufferings, if I feel what you feel, let me feel what all my friends, my family, my loved ones, even my parents, if they're not saved, let me feel what all the unsaved are feeling that I'm close to right now. He'll let you feel the loneliness of spirit, the anger, the heart. He'll, he'll let you hear the screams of those in your city that you've walked by so many times. He'll, he'll let you feel it. He'll re-crush you with a burden. Some of you are going to start wailing because you're going to start feeling it. He'll let you feel it. He'll let you feel it. He'll let you feel it. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Here's your altar call. It's been an awesome camp. I have fallen in love with you. You are incredible people. Don't you dare get up and walk around and see something and fall for it. You go to war. You go and fight. Don't stay home when all the other kings are fighting. You're a royal priesthood. We need you in the battle. You'll end up killing your best friends with your own desires. I have seen one person destroy everybody else. And there's people in here that if you fall down, you'll destroy your youth ministry. You fall down and there'll be people that you'll apologize to in heaven. Now here it goes one more time and it's going to hit you like a flood. Say, let me feel it. Let me feel it. Here's what I'm about to do. Raise your hands across this room. I am sounding general quarters. And I want you to begin to pray out loud in the spirit and the Holy Ghost is going to hit you. When I submit, it doesn't matter what you're doing on a ship. When they ring the bell like this, it means it's time to man the battle station. It is time to go and fight, not stay home, not walk in the wrong places. It is time to become accountable. I am calling you to your battle stations. It is time for a generation to get up and fight and not roll over and play dead. All men on deck, man your station. General quarters, general quarters, general quarters. Come on, cry out, cry out, cry out, cry out. It's time, it's time.
It's time to fight again. You've got to shout. One at a time across this room. The fight begins when you ring it once. But when you quit, you ring it. Tonight I'm calling you to fight. I'm asking every person in this room, very quickly, for one at a time, walk up here and grab this bell. And all you're going to do is you're going to ring it once. And when you do, I want you to scream out your name in your school. If you're an adult, your name in your city. Some of you will be even saying your name and simply say, okay, I'll do it first, okay? I'll do it first. Pat Shatzline, the nations. Remember what you're going to do? You're just going to say your name and then your city or your school. Pat Shatzline, the nations. And the minute you do that, Get ready, because he'll crush you with a burden you never felt before. Everybody shut your eyes. With your eyes shut, pray this out loud. Say, God, in the name of Jesus, let me see who I'm called to. Are you ready? One, two. He'll do it now. He'll show you. With your eyes shut, three. There it is. There it is. Do you see it? Did you get a flash of it? Do you see it? Who will be the first one to say your name in your school or your name in your city or your name in the nations and ring this bell? Zach Davis, the Church of America. Say your name in your city first. Now go somewhere, go somewhere, go somewhere and follow down somewhere. Rivera, Air Force Base. You better understand what you're doing now. Would you hold this? Daniel Barrow, the nations. Travis Jones, Niceville, Florida. Bernadette Fletcher, the United States Air Force. Jared Phillips, Titusville, Florida. Aaron Levine, Niceville First Assembly. Daniel Hudson, Niceville. Brady Miles, Waxhatchee, Texas. 